Happy New Year. It is officially 2022 and this is episode 23. I am so excited to have my very first guest and also one of my dearest best friends, Autumn. So welcome to Sunshine Soul. Yay! So we have known each other for like at least a decade. At least, yeah. At least. Yeah. And you're the one that got me into running half marathons. The greatest sport ever. Yes, I do it for the medals and I love you. Don't we all? Yeah, yeah. Um, So tell me a little bit about how you got into running and why and what, what are the benefits you think? So, first off, you're going to hear some guest appearances from my son. <laughs> you can see Squidward right now, so he's playing his little recorder. Um, and for running, so I started running on my own, I think when I was like 10 or 11. Um, yeah, it wow. was it was just sort of something, I remember in school we had to do this, um, <clears throat> it was like this, like... PE track meet or something, you know, but like mm-hmm. during school. Mm-hmm. And there was this kid named Carlos, and I was struggling with the mile because I was, for whatever reason, I was the only girl on the team, so I had to run double. It was something weird because I split it up boys girls. Okay. And so I was struggling with the mile, and I remember this guy Carlos just ran with me, and he he was um, I was complaining about a cramp or whatever, and he was like, just suck it up, suck it up, you'll be fine. And he pushed me through it. Aww. And then after that, I don't know what it was, but it just sort of clicked. Yeah. It was, I did this mile so I can do more. And by no means am I a built runner. By no means am I a natural runner. Sure. This is something I really have to work for. Yeah. But as I went through my own trials and tribulations in life, and then of course with the military, running was something that was very, um, it was just there for me no matter what. I could always control it. I could always run in any type of weather mm-hmm. it wasn't an expensive sport since i grew up really poor right so all Same i needed here. right all i needed was you know a pair of sweats and or a pair of shorts and mm-hmm. and uh running shoes right so at this time it was you know you don't need all the fancy stuff that you need for a lot of the other sports right and then i went in the military and it was something that i just kept i just kept doing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so no matter where i am no matter what I'm doing, it doesn't take much to put on a pair of running shoes and go for a couple miles, you know? Yeah. And and you live here in Bakersfield, which I don't know if you know where Bakersfield is, <laughs> but it can be extremely hot. Yeah. Or it could be extremely cold. Yeah. However, I have known you... And you just don't, the the weather does not phase you at all. You're like, okay, I'm ready to go. Let's roll. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I don't like to run in the heat. I just, it's just not my thing. Well, now as I've gotten older, I can't do the heat. I have to be very, which is why I'm going to invest in a treadmill. But um, <laughs> Tell them what but, that is. I know. <laughs> AKA treadmill. Um, <clears throat> but so the summers are really brutal here. And I, I just moved back about a year ago. So, um the summers you're you're 110 115 for a few months during the summer every day Mm -hmm. so even hiking is sort of out of the question yeah um 
but yeah i mean i could i could run in pretty hot climate just not that hot yeah <laughs> and the cold is my favorite thing to run in yeah I mean, me too yeah i'll run in the snow i'll run in all of, i just love it i absolutely love it i don't i don't know if i'm gonna run in the snow you should give it a shot um i've tried to hike in the snow and that's difficult enough Get my feet get stuck well if you if you go on if you go areas where there tends to be a little bit more foot traffic, then the trails aren't as difficult as hiking. But then that's like slippery. No, it's not. It's not too bad. Just wet. Okay. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's slippery. Ah, just get a little mud. Never hurt anyone. Yeah, you know, just slip and fall. It's, it's all good. It's just my back. Yeah. You know, no big deal. No big deal. Um, yeah. So you actually, when I signed up for my first half marathon, we both lived in San Diego, mm-hmm. and you did the full. Yep. And I did the half. And I remember it was mile 10. And I was at Morley Field. And I told myself, I said, you know, actually, this isn't as difficult as I thought it was. And I could potentially do more half marathons because I wasn't completely out of breath. I wasn't super tired. And that was at mile 10. And that was in June. And then right after that race, I signed up for what is now like a tradition for me, which is <laughs> the, the the Long Beach Half Marathon, which is my birthday month in October. And so I really like that one because it's flat. What year was that? 2013. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, so it's, it's been pretty special. I, I definitely love running because, like you said, you don't need a lot of... Like equipment you just need yourself and well and for me I have to have music like I can't well I can run without it but it's just more enjoyable if I have it right mm-hmm. well and I think especially when you're doing these longer distances I think oh you mean 13.1 miles I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> I think it can be a little bit and especially when you live in the city when you're very mm-hmm. you know it's and you're running the streets to train mm-hmm. or you know it's you've got you know so much foot foot and vehicle traffic that yeah. it, it, you can get really kind of wrapped up in in that and get sidetracked and i think if you're listening to podcasts or books or music or whatever you're listening to mm-hmm. i think it can keep you focused on running when you're you know if you're a little bit farther out maybe you know running with something music or anything maybe it's not as necessary or maybe it is i mean to each their own who cares mm-hmm. but yeah i being in the city, I definitely prefer to run with listening to, while listening to something. Yeah. It's just easier to stay focused and, mm-hmm. you know, and especially somewhere like San Diego that is very populated, mm-hmm. you know, and you live in a really trendy neighborhood. And so it's, it's easy. You're just running into people constantly, even if you are on the trails. Mm-hmm. So a little bit easier to keep listening to something. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. In addition to the physical benefits of running, I personally believe that the mental health benefits are huge. And as I've definitely shared on many episodes of Sunshine Soul, I have been on this journey of healing and really just acknowledging that the dark place, aka my depression and anxiety, is a place that I don't want to go back to. And so it actually I just celebrated what two months of like actively every single day 
making sure that I'm choosing to do things that bring me happiness so that I don't fall back into that cycle of not wanting to get out of my bed and not wanting to contact anybody and just isolating myself, which is exactly what happens when you fall into that dark place. At least it is for me. And so with that being said, I, I've gone out every single day and I am slowly getting back into running. I have to be very honest. I can't even run a mile and that's okay because I have signed up for my first half marathon since December 2018. Yes, that's correct. 2018, 19, <laughs> 20, 21. Yeah, so it's been a few years. And I'm also checking off my bucket list because it's going to be in Mexico. So. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's going to be hot, but it's going to be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be in May in this little town called Toluca. And um, I'm excited because I'm flying into Mexico City. And I've been there a few times and it's about an hour away so i'm i'm just excited one to travel and two to check off the bucket list because i have had it on there to run a half marathon in another country for at least since i was like 29. so i'm like okay here we go i'm gonna check it off and i totally wish that autumn could come with me but i understand she's very busy you know she actually is not only a fantastic mother she also is in school to get her second master's degree <laughs> yes i repeat second i am also a master's degree holder however i am not trying to do that a second time and she is an inspiration to me because she is also a teacher at the local community college which is something that i have been wanting to do and so it's really nice to see like one of my best friends pursuing all these completely unplanned paths absolutely <laughs> but who would have thought like i'm i'm not in the classroom and if you would have talked to me like before the pandemic, I would have said, yeah, I'm I'm always going to be a teacher. That's all that I know. Right. But then life changes. Uh, that it does. That it definitely uh, sends you down paths you never, ever thought. I never thought I'd have a kid. And here we are. Right. I never thought I'd move back to Bakersfield of all places. And yet here we are. Um, I know, yeah. I mean, I never thought I'd be a teacher, and I'm actually loving it. See? Yeah. I, I mean, I love it. knew you would be awesome. Yeah, I just love it. Yes. I love being able to talk about anthropology and evolution and, and get all excited about it, mm -hmm. even though the students don't care. Mm -hmm. But I love it. Um, and it's interesting being back in Bakersfield running because there's a huge, there's, um, a pretty good running community here, but being able to run the same trails in the same areas that I ran when I was in high school. <laughs> right? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's mm -hmm. it's uh, very interesting to kind of have that, I don't know, the familiarity, I guess, Yeah, that goes along with it. But yeah. back to your, um, the mental health with running. So look, one mile, uh -huh. you know, a, <laughs> a 20 minute one mile and a, and a six minute one mile is the exact same distance it Absolutely. doesn't matter i mean Absolutely. you get up and you do it and it you just as long as you're moving you're lapping everybody on the couch and that's all that matters i mean because essentially i'm not out there 
you know, breaking any records or, or I mean, my, my best half marathon time is 201. Yeah. So I'm not breaking any records. I'm not, I'm not, you know, again, I'm not a naturally built runner. Right. And so it's about getting out there and it's about just pushing your body to the limits because I have a 50K. Yeah. What is 50K? 30 miles. 30 miles. So So that's more than a half marathon. Yeah. By the way. Uh, Well, a full is 26. I know. 0.2. Exactly. So So you're running 30. Um, and so the thing is, but it, it's about being able to push your body and and push yourself like mentally and physically and emotionally and trying to, you know, go from there. <laughs> um, I can tell you that I do not have any inclination for signing up for anything other than a half marathon like not longer i'll do a 10k i even thought about doing a 15k which is you know great the hot chocolate run which i may or may not decide to do i don't know it kind of depends but um a 50k a 50k is is no i know that but i'm just saying a 50k like a 50k is definitely not something that's on my radar. I I will I will be at the finish line and be like yeah, but that that's about it. That I'm not doing much more than well, that. So the thing is, is that you know I've ran full marathons and I've ran half marathons, um, and so I wanted so because of my situation in life because I just moved back to to Bakersfield as a single mom. Well, it's been a year, but I moved back and I actually left a pretty abusive situation. So um, this is just something, I don't get hardly any, as you've noticed over this last week. Right. I don't get hardly any time to myself. Yeah. So for me, um, being able to carve out any time for myself that I can get is something that I need to do for my own mental health, mental, emotional, physical, all of it, health, um, that little bit of time I get to just focus on me, to listen, you know, to whatever I want to listen to or not listen to something, to think, to, yeah, <laughs> to, as you hear, no time to myself. Um, and so, you know, this is something that I need to do and to prove to myself that I can still do things because after I had my son, um, I had postpartum really bad. I mean, like, I should have went to a doctor. It was really bad. But the situation I was in didn't allow that to happen. So running was the only way I could sort of center myself or give some amount of center to myself mm-hmm. um, between the situation and between the fact my son was born with um, uh, some some deformity, essentially, or some birth, a birth defect. And so... Um, I mean, he's fine now for anybody who cares, but <laughs> the, uh, he's more than fine. Yeah, but I mean, he had to go through some surgeries, and we thought he was going to be deaf, and there were some other things going on. And so, in order to find any type of release for myself, I had to stick with running. This mm-hmm. is this was the only thing I was really looking forward to. And so, right. postpartum is is complete hell. And for so many years, it wasn't really spoken about and, and people brushed it under. Or I know for here, I remember in the eighties, you know, when, when moms 
would have postpartums if they would postpartum if they would go to the doctor they would get their kids taken away by CPS mm -hmm. and so I mean this was pretty common in, in the state of California I don't, I'm sure in other places it was as well so sure it's still there's and there's still some stigma although people have done a great job with coming out and talking about it there's still a lot of stigma so for me the only way I could balance it out was to run yeah was to take that little bit of time to myself mm -hmm. and get out there and and just I mean just you know focus on me for that hour hour and a half you know so running is I mean running is a huge part of who I am it just yeah. is so and it, I think it always will be right. I will run as long as my body will allow me to so can you share a little bit about what the symptoms of postpartum are? For me, sure. For, for, for you. For me. So I'll give a little bit of background too. So I was in a pretty abusive um, relationship and then marriage. Mm -hmm. And since I was in a foreign country, I was in Poland. And so I couldn't um, just up and leave because then those are international charges, you know, international kidnapping. And so it's it's a very sticky situation. Um but because I was in a, a very abusive situation and then I had a kid, he, so my son was born with a cleft lip and an alveolar gum notch. And so um, he had to have surgeries and then there's there's always factors, other issues that go along with it. And so he had to have surgeries and then we had endless doctor's appointments and mm -hmm. we thought he was going to be deaf and so we had these other, these other issues. And, and so for me... It was just a constant feeling of dread. I did not bond with him mm. initially, and I mm -hmm. breastfed, and that's supposed to strengthen the bonds. Right. I did not bond with him mm -hmm. for months. Mm -hmm. um, I still, he'll be five in a couple weeks, and I still struggle a little bit mm -hmm. as, a, as a mom, as a parent. Um, and I know it's, it has nothing to do with him, it's all me, but um, I'm officially getting the help I need, so it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, so postpartum was just a constant feeling of dread. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was, I was depressed constantly and like miserable. Nothing made me happy. Right. Um, so when you're depressed, what does that look like? Because I've shared what it looks like for me in regards to like being isolated and not leaving my home, not even leaving my bed and just really sleeping a lot. So I had to have an emergency C-section with Gabriel. And so when that okay. happens, um, you can't necessarily get back to um, physical activity the way you could mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. or right. if you have a vaginal birth. And so right. Right. Um, I didn't run for the first three months after he was born. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And then to get started again, it felt great to get out there. But there were times when I was just so depressed that I didn't even want to get up and run. Right. And for me, you know, someone on the outside may may look at this and think, oh, it's not a big deal. But for me, right. to not want to run. Right, that's huge. I mean, this is like, this is huge. This is not normal. Right, because you you want to run every single day. I want to run 24-7 if I could. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Which is why she has like hundreds of medals. I'm not even lying. Yeah. Tons, <laughs> way more than me. But for me, depression was um, just not wanting to eat. And I was breastfeeding, and so I had to eat. Oh, yeah. Because I'm feeding a human. Right, right. So I didn't want to leave the house um i was in an abusive situation and for me i was just sort of um kind of a glutton for punishment just like oh well this is how life is gonna be mm -hmm. this is totally normal crying over everything i mean i cried constantly mm -hmm. i cut off i alienated myself away from everybody so nobody mm -hmm. knew what was going on mm -hmm. um i 
cut myself out of social media, which wasn't necessarily my choice, but it was just something that was easier to do. Mm -hmm. And so I was making choices that weren't benefiting me. It was benefiting um, uh, Gabriel's dad at the time. Yeah. And so um, it, it was like everything for me, I was just going through the motions of daily life yeah. and all the abuse that was happening um, very high on the verbal abuse scale. Um, all the verbal abuse, I was, I was just, oh, well, this is normal. This is how it has to be. This is the way marriage is. This is the way raising a child is, which when I take a step back, logically, I know that was not, that's not the way it should have been. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I was so depressed and so just miserable mm -hmm. that I was just accepting this fate. Yeah. And I was giving up. So I'm an, I'm an anthropologist, archaeologist, and I've spent... Um, when I graduated, so in college, and then when I graduated college, I spent time out in the field. I mean, I, right. I love being in the field. In Mexico. Love, in Mexico, in, in Germany, and all over the States. And I had walked away from that career because that was what was easier for my relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I wasn't allowed to work with other men. I right. wasn't allowed to be exposed to other men. And right. so, so um, you know, I just walked away from everything because... This I would I was so depressed and I was so unmotivated to get anything done that I was just accepting the fact that, you know, my significant other didn't work and we didn't have any money and he had no prospects of working or getting any money or doing anything like that. So it was just for me it was just accepting this fate and and doing this family time to where the entire family was it was like if arguing and fighting was an olympic sport this whole family would get <laughs> the number one place mm. i mean it was totally just normal and granted being in another being in poland so in eastern part of the eastern Bloc, the cultural acceptances the cultural differences is very different than in america not to say that abuse doesn't happen here not to say that sometimes sure. this doesn't but when you're locked away in a different country and you're not quite sure of your rights and you essentially don't really have any right um it's a very tough situation and so yeah. it was just for me the postpartum was i got no joy like mm. no joy even seeing gabriel advance and, and doing things and yeah i just got no joy out of anything nothing hmm. bonding you know bonding with him being happy in general i just couldn't be even mm. the simplest things going to the mall or because when you're in the northern european countries you know you're locked down nine months out of the year because the weather just sucks mm -hmm. and so going to the mall something like that is a big deal and right you just get to the point where i mean nothing matters you don't want to do anything yeah i didn't want to go and get my hair done i didn't want to wear makeup i didn't want to do i didn't want to look like a girl mm. I, I put on a ton of weight with uh, while i was pregnant and although i lost a good deal i still just didn't care about how i looked right right um which although i'm not somebody that wears a lot of makeup or does anything. Right. There are certain <clears throat> things I do, the normal maintenance that I do care about, something as simple as my eyebrows or something as simple as pedicures, manicures. And even these things, mm -hmm. I just completely gave up on. I didn't mm -hmm. care anymore. I didn't mm -hmm. care how I looked. I didn't care about any of it. And so you just lose yourself. For me, this is, I mean, this is what I did. I lost myself. I wasn't hardly running. Mm -hmm. I wasn't putting any effort into anything. Right, right. I did. I was just trying to focus all my energy into my kid. But then at the same time, I also wasn't allowed to parent. I stopped talking to my mom. I stopped talking to all my friends. Mm -hmm. I cut, I just cut people off. So for me, that's what it was like. And then I'm a very social 
person and it, I just didn't want to talk to anyone. I just shut myself away. Right. Yeah. I found no joy in anything. Even running was a chore. Mm. So, and then, you know, the emotional weight that you carry and you, you feel guilty because I wasn't running with my kid and I didn't, you know, everybody says, oh, having a child is the greatest thing ever. And it was awful. Pre- I hated pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I hated being a new mom. Mm-hmm. I hated breastfeeding. I hated, he, he was such an awful baby because of the cleft and he was colicky and mm. he couldn't hear initially yeah, sure. in the beginning. And so he had, he had all these issues and I was so miserable when Gabriel was about a month old. So we had the nurse come out for the first eight weeks to, to do like the home visits. Mm-hmm. And I remember I just, I was crying because I had postpartum so bad. And the nurse came in and she was so aggressive. She just ah. says, why is she crying? What's wrong with her? Oh, wow. And, and and Gabriel's dad was was like, why are you crying? What's your problem? Oh my! So I had no support, none at all. Right, right. And even my mother-in-law was like, we well, just got to suck it up. Yeah. And so it was a very old school view to a very old problem. Right. Because postpartum is not something that's new. No, it's been around forever. This is the beginning. Of it's it's been... just like I feel like mental health in the yeah. last five years, like really has. Now we have a light on it and yeah. it's like oh wow and it's not even just regular people like you and I it's celebrities you know Robin Williams I I always go back to him and like Anthony Bourdain like, they had all the money in the world they had all the fame in the world and they looked happy however they were struggling with depression so much so that they took their own lives sure which is it speaks volumes about how depression really is a silent killer well, and these people had all the money in the world, and nothing yeah. could save them. Absolutely. You know? Well, you know, you have to seek help as well, right? You know, because that's part of it, right? Right. You have to identify the problem, and you have to kind of come to terms with it. And, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's and this whole postpartum journey. So my son will be five in a couple of weeks, and it wasn't until I came back to the states. Mm-hmm. So we've been back about fourteen months. And it wasn't that it wasn't until we came back to the states that I actually started to feel at ease. But there are still times that I struggle, and I don't know if this is still postpartum. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Mm-hmm. But there are still times I struggle with the bonding aspect or being a mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a life changing, and, and I made this decision. You know, I, I I made this decision to have him, and but it's this life changing shift that I still almost feel like I'm not 100% ready for. And I see all these other moms and and they look like, and I know you're not supposed to compare yourself, but I see all these other moms and they just take to parenting like it is, I mean, like it's their chosen path. Right. And either they're really good, like they're really good in this role Mm -hmm. or they're really good pretenders. Right. And I just, (laughs) and I Probably a little bit of both. Maybe. And I just don't feel like I can pretend that way, but- I mean, things are much easier now and things are much better now, Mm -hmm. but this whole postpartum journey has been difficult because in the beginning I had to take him running with me. Mm -hmm. So I didn't get a break. Right. So I was postpartum in the house, postpartum outside of the house. Like I just didn't, I, I didn't get a break from being a mom. I mean, I was 24 seven in the thick of it. Yeah. And so I didn't even get an hour to myself, mm-hmm. you know, even taking a shower, I had to rush through it and I had to do all this stuff. So right. it, um, things are definitely easier now. You know, I haven't ran in two weeks because of the Christmas break mm-hmm. and 
and and I actually I mean I feel like I'm going crazy but in a funny way not in a way mm -hmm. to where before I would feel like I was crawling out of my skin yeah now I'm like oh tomorrow I can go running it's yeah. gonna be great you right know? right it's a lot easier now but yeah postpartum I know every I know some women don't go through it don't have it and and they don't and they don't which thank goodness they don't they're so lucky to have either that support system mm -hmm. and or their bodies are working very well you know and they're able to kind of get back to a, a, a balanced center and and I I'm, I'm so jealous in a way that in a good way mm -hmm. to where like mm -hmm. that's I'm so happy for them they don't have to go through that but mm -hmm. some women get hit really hard and it and like when you look back through history and you see that that women have done some pretty wild oh. things with postpartum you know yeah in the yeah. thick of it yeah and I at the time being younger I didn't understand but now I get it like this is something that should that needs to be really put out there on blast yeah and absolutely and usually I don't you know I'm not so supportive of oh, celebrities celebrities but this is a movement I 100% get behind yep that these celebrities are coming out and saying hey I've had postpartum too right like I've struggled on every level mm -hmm. and um, it's interesting when you see women who have also given custody of their children to their partners mm. because they mm -hmm. have postpartum so bad and so, right because I'd right. much rather see somebody do that for the safety of themselves and their children mm -hmm. than to try to you know grit through it right and say oh, I'm, I can do this I, no maybe you need to take a step back because yeah just because you can have a child doesn't mean that necessarily you should right right that's and, true yeah and so this is um postpartum is scary I mean it is it takes you to some pretty dark places it gives you some pretty dark thoughts mm -hmm. that you would never think that you would have these thoughts, you know? Well, I mean, I think the one that comes to mind is Andrea Yates. The yeah, one with- that's what I was thinking with, of. Right, she, she had like five children. Five babies. And she drowned them, mm -hmm. all of them, and put their little bodies side by side. Displayed them, right? Yeah, and it's like, whoa. I mean, for me, that's like the darkest thing that you can do. It's the worst is, thing. It's take yeah. the lives of your children, all of them. And she has to live with that the rest of her life. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And that's punishment enough. I mean, but I, I do, you know, our legal system is not set up to help those who need mental health. It's not. Right. At least not right now. I, I think it is getting better and you know, at the end of the day, you have to take responsibility. I have to take responsibility, sure. you know, for the healing. You know, no one can make you do anything, right? And so, like, when you were going through the postpartum, you identified it, right? Mm -hmm. And you started to do things that would bring you happiness in the past, even if you weren't feeling that great right then and there, right? right? Like, that's the same thing that I did. Like, I was stuck at home because I kept myself a prisoner. For what reason? No reason. Just because I was in my dark place. And the first thing that I did in order to actively heal was one, talk to you on the phone. <laughs> like we talked all the time and yeah. FaceTimed and everything. And and then also physically get outside and just go for a walk in my own neighborhood. Well, and that's what I told you. I said, even if you don't do anything else, right. step outside. Right. You don't you don't have to go far. Right. Just step right outside of your screen door. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to step off the step. Mm-hmm. Like just get out there. Five minutes of yep. sunshine. Yep. And I said, even if you don't 
do anything else, get up and brush your teeth. Yep. Or get up and brush your hair. Take a shower. Do don't even take a shower. Like, <laughs> because you you know uh-huh. when you go through these these different trials and tribulations in your life, mm-hmm. it's not about the big steps. Sure. It's about taking the smallest step possible because once you've taken that small step, mm-hmm. okay, I brush my teeth. You know what? Next I'm gonna brush my hair. Right. You know, next I'm gonna wash my face. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's enough for today. Yeah. But you did three things you didn't do the day before. Right. Right? Right. So it's two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. And you've still got that one step forward. Right. So, and that's what it's about. It's about taking those tiny, it's like running, you know? Mm-hmm. You take all it, you don't even have to run a full mile. Do a run walk thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Run for one minute. And that's how I'm starting. Well, and that, it's a start though. You gotta mm-hmm. start somewhere, right? So you mm-hmm. run for one minute. Okay, and then you walk for two. Okay, but you still ran. Nobody can take that one minute away from you. Right, absolutely. So if you're in a dark place and you get up and you, you quote, just brush your, no, you brushed your teeth. Mm-hmm. Nobody can take that away from you. You got up and you did that one thing. Right, right, right. So it's about taking those tiny <clears throat> steps to get to those next steps. Mm-hmm. Because in the grand scheme of things, you just have to look at, at least you did something. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, running one mile at 20 minutes mm-hmm. is the same as running it at seven. Right. You know, it's the same goddamn distance. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, and that's what you need to, anybody who's going through a difficult time, it's it's about taking those small steps. Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, it's the little things. Yeah. All the little things add up to be really the big thing, which is just the healing process in itself. Right. And, you know, not giving up on yourself because I think when I'm in my dark place, I don't give a fuck about right. anything, especially myself, which is like, which is the most important aspect of this whole thing is you. Yeah. And if you're not caring about you, then, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to take care of anything. And that was a, you know, a big thing when, when I was maneuvering, getting out of Poland mm-hmm. and you know, I said, okay, I have to focus on myself and get myself in a better place because if I'm not in a good place, then how can I navigate this and how can I take care of my kid? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and then when I came back and I realized that I also had to take care of my mother as well. And so I had to be on top of my game. Yeah. And so you have to, I mean, you have to take care of yourself on some level. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't have to spend all day every day at the spa. <laughs> right. I mean, but you, know. you do have to do these self care things. Absolutely. I mean, if you meditate, meditate is your thing. Then do mm-hmm. your meditation. Mm-hmm. You do yoga, mm-hmm. and that's your thing. If you run, then run. You know, if you hike, it's it's these different things that you have to focus on in order to, you know, because in order to heal and in order to be able to move forward. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, then how can you? expect to do anything else in your life you know whether mm-hmm. that's be a good friend be a good you know teacher yeah be a good oh my gosh. artist be a good uh, anything is, yeah. is if you're not taking care of yourself then you're not going to be able to navigate yourself in these other paths of your life yeah that's interesting that you said be a good teacher because i instantly just got a flashback of my 10 years of teaching in public schools and unfortunately, I, I can admit that I didn't really take care of myself a lot of the time because I, first of all, I wasn't used to it. I was always like, oh, I have to take care of everybody else, you know, 
from the time I was a child, take care of your sister, take care of your sister. And then, you know, you become a teacher and take care of the kids, take care of the kids. And then I, I didn't even put myself on the radar at all and, and know the importance of, oh wait, who's going to take care of Kim? Oh, but then I would do it for like, what, like maybe a few weeks. Right. Right. And so like, that's why I've focused on the consistency and the fact that it's super important to be consistent with the self-care and the self-love every single day, because it's really easy to just fall off. Well, and I think no matter what role you're in, I think it's also easier to sort of deflect. And if, because if you say, and I, and I do this, I think a lot of people, you know, I get, I'm so busy with everything. I'm, right. Especially this last semester. Mm-hmm. I'm like, because I'm well, writing yeah, my yeah. stupid thesis yeah. and I have to do an ethnography since I'm an anthropologist. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm getting so busy with, I got to do these interviews, I got to take care of my mom, I got to take care of my kid, I got to take care of his dad, I got to do all this. You really do have a lot though on your plate. Yeah, but but that you oftentimes are able to use this as an excuse so you can push, push your own self-care off. Oh, I'll do that mm-hmm. later. I'm so busy, I'll do mm-hmm. that later. Mm-hmm. You know, and... And, but you, you know, you do it as well. You're a teacher, but you say, okay, I, cause teachers, the unsung heroes of the world. Um, <laughs> Thank you. you yeah. Um, you know, well, you're a teacher now too. Hey, but I'm a community college. It's a little different. <laughs> I'm not molding minds. I'm just trying to deal with lazy ass adults. Um, <laughs> so, but it's really easy to deflect and say, I've got to take care of my kids because if you're teaching in these lower income areas, these poverty stricken areas mm-hmm. with these kids who've already come with issues. Right. They already come with baggage at this very young age. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to cut yourself out and say, I've got to take care of these babies. Yeah. I have to be there hundred percent for these kids. Mm-hmm. And then it spills over into your personal life too, because mm-hmm. teaching is a, it's not just a, you know, nine to five or, no, or you eight take it to home. four. You, how can you not take that, that emotional baggage home? Yeah. How can you not? Right. And so it's, you know, it's easy to deflect and say, well, I'm a teacher, so my entire life revolves around that. Mm-hmm. But then when your own mental health starts to weigh down, and then when, when you're on break, and then you no longer have to now, you're no longer putting your entire heart and soul into these kids, then you have time for yourself, and you just think, oh my God, what am I going to do? Right. Because if you... If you have other trauma in your life and you've never actually dealt with this trauma, mm-hmm. it's easy to use other things in place of that. So I'm going to take all this restlessness that I have that I'm going to focus on my teaching or I'm going to focus on running mm-hmm. or I'm going to focus on being a horse wrangler right. or I'm going to do, you know, uh, all, all these other jobs, all these other right. things. You Anything know? but... Focus. Dealing with the trauma. Uh-huh. Right. Right. And so it's easy to take that energy and focus it on something else. Because oh, then you yeah. don't have to deal with your own issues. <clears throat> right. Yeah, you don't have to think about it. Right. And so when you have a break or when you step away from that career or you step away mm-hmm. from whatever, then you actually have these issues are in your face and you mm-hmm. have to deal with them. Mm-hmm. And so it's easy to have these substitutes and mm-hmm. to not deal with your own trauma. Mm-hmm. It's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's right. That's what humans do best. Procrastinate. Ah, facts. Right. Well, and so <laughs> I am one of those and I'm trying to get better. I really am. You're procrastinating about procrastinating. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned um, earlier that 
you know, you are getting the help that you need finally. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? So I've only been to one session and then one my, session of uh, therapy, therapy. Oh, okay. And then I, and I accidentally canceled the other one cause I'm an idiot. Um, but I've got the second appointment set up. But even that first um, appointment that I had, it was just sort of a meet and greet and to, to let her know what she's dealing with. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I just felt already like a huge weight has been lifted off. Mm -hmm. Although, and I'm not go for me, I'm not going to counseling to get any sort of big resolution of things. Sure. Like I know what my issues are. Sure. But I need to dive into them a little bit more mm -hmm. and try to figure out how to handle them better. Mm -hmm. Because for so long I've used running as my coping mechanism, mm -hmm. whether it came to postpartum, whether it came traumas of the past, whatever the case is. I've used running as mm -hmm. my sort of self, um, I don't know, self-medicate, yeah. self-medication. Self-coping. Right, mm -hmm. self-coping. And mm -hmm. then for a while, before I moved to Europe, I was uh, doing uh, anthropology and then bartending in San Diego. Mm -hmm. And I was also partying a lot. <laughs> so I was using running and drinking oh, as yeah. a way to cope with everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right? Mm -hmm. And you know, deflecting this sort of dealing with my own issues by substituting drinking and social socialization. Mm -hmm. Because then if I'm out here doing this and having fun drinking and, and having a good time, nothing's wrong with me. Right. And I'm not having to focus on myself. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this one counselor, only one, and I already feel like it's going to make a, a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And I'm not seeking some big revelation. I know what my trauma is. I know what's happened. But it'll be nice to have this guidance on how to better navigate the future. Like for her to maybe give me tools on how to take my future into a, a better, clearer path of mm -hmm. communication and self-care. Yes. And, right. Yes. And because um, even when I told her my schedule, she was like, oh my God, you need to take time for yourself. Yep. I'm like, I run. She's like, no, that's not, that's not <laughs> time for yourself because even then you're, you're act, you're not resting. You're like actively resting, if that makes any sense. Oh, so yeah. it's like, yeah, your heart rate is going. You're mm -hmm. still, you're mm -hmm. not just chilling out. Right. Which is very hard for the both of us to do. <laughs> yeah. 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 Always feeling this immense amount of guilt because I should not be chillaxing because I have a million things that I need to be doing. Even right now, I'm like, I need to clean, I need to do laundry, I need to do all this stuff. Like, I'm still like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm still right now, I'm like antsy because I'm like, I got things to do. I got No, I've got the rest of the day to do things. Yes. I am not on a time crunch. Right. But I get so worked up about things that... And I don't know if I've always sort of kept myself busy as a way to sort of cope oh yeah sure same here yeah, hello I mean, that, that's exactly what i did right and so and i and it so it's really tough for me kind of to take a step back and say okay let me just take a breather yeah you know it's super hard right yeah and that's what my uh, therapist told me she's like you need to take some time to like sit and drink a cup of coffee i'm like but i can't yeah I'm drinking a cup of coffee and I'm cleaning the kitchen. As no, I'm no, 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 no. You know what? Go sit out in the sunshine I know. with your coffee. Because that's what I've started to do is I drink my uh, hot water with lemon and I sit on my little stoop, my little patio with my garden and enjoy the sunshine because for so long I didn't do that. And as... I continue to grow, evolve, and heal, 
I'm, I'm really learning the importance of those little tidbits of self-care and love because if I'm not doing that, then I'm not able to go ahead and tackle whatever I need to do for that day, you right. know? Right. Well, and that's, you know, and that's, and I, you know, youth is really wasted on the young. Mm. I still feel pretty young. I don't know about you. No, no. I still feel really young. Okay. I mean, okay. I still, okay. no. But I'm Because saying... I'm not like 99, like Betty White. R.I.P. She's so beautiful. She passed Aww. away yesterday. Had to say that. I had to yeah. say that. And she was such such an, an amazing figure as far as she was such a um an advocate for mm-hmm. everything and animals everything and equality yes and, um love mm-hmm. in general i mean she she was I, way before her time i wish more people would use their celebrity celebrity status for things like this mm-hmm. as much as i know you hate the kardashians i love them oh my gosh um, but no the good thing is is that Kim Kardashian is, is actually trying to use her status. I know. Be a lawyer. Let's do the innocence right. project. And I think it's mm-hmm. incredible that she's using her status for something good. And I, she's I doing agree. it on her own. I agree. Right. Because yeah. you can't have people pass the bar. Like, you can't. No. You have to do that yourself. Well, yeah, absolutely. And so, so good for her. I applaud her for using her celebrity for something other than BS. Right. But, Which is what they've been doing for the past 20 years. But let's so, see if but, she okay. can actually pass the bar because, you know... The, it's the really difficult. To, well, the board has to approve it. They may... I mean, they may say that ethically she can't be a lawyer because of her... Status. S- yeah. Sex tape, things like that. Oh, yeah. But I mean, that's... Sure. I it's hope, not here, no there. I hope for what she's trying to accomplish, she's able to um, really get out there and do it. Yeah. Because there are so many, so many um, innocent people or people who shouldn't get the sentences they've gotten oh yeah right. super <laughs> super crazy amounts of human beings are in jail imprisoned for like the smallest things and i hate to say it but it's true the color of your skin if you have two people one white one black or a person of color and they're in there for you know just even this is before marijuana was legal but just having a certain amount of it, it's like 15 plus years. Like, you've got to be right. fucking joking me. What the hell? And not to mention all but then, the- But then hold on. But then the rapist, the white man, gets away with murder. Right. What the? Like, what? Uh, 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 and, no. you, and you have a lot of um, people of color who have been thrown in prison just with no proof as far as when it comes Absolutely. to... Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, someone, somebody white said this, and so this person's going mm-hmm. to come back. You mm-hmm. know, especially rape or anything. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, it's like um, To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, yeah. Yep. Just like that. You yep. know, those cases, you know, were so popular in that time. And just like the uh, the recent Ahmad mm-hmm. case, mm-hmm. you know. And if that guy had not released that the tape? video. Yeah. Yeah. They would have gotten away with it. Absolutely. And I'm glad, you know, it's just like the George <laughs> Floyd, you know, if that wasn't taped, if that wasn't recorded and given to the public, we would have just, we would have had these cops who would have give, given their side of the story right. and they would have just gotten away with murder. All of them. Right. Right. I mean, this is, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's sad to say it's, let's just hope we can move better as we move forward as a nation. This country is the best country on the planet. 
speaking of some from someone who just moved back mm-hmm. i'm going to tell you right now we have so many wonderful things that as americans we don't even realize we have but like so i lived in poland <clears throat> for five years wow oh my gosh it was five years yeah wow that yeah. was so, oh wow yeah blink my eyes i know we didn't have something as simple as amazon we didn't have amazon so i had to go through amazon uk uh-huh to get anything mm-hmm. and people laugh and say that's not a big deal yeah how many of us actually go shopping these days we uh, order everything online one out of a million yeah right i hate going into a store right so we order everything online mm-hmm. we have everything accessible mm-hmm. and you know you you hear so many people say oh we don't get this for free we don't get that for free listen we're in the state of california we're what sixth largest economy in the world mm-hmm. we get our school paid for yep we get we have the most social benefits i know because when i moved back i got all kinds of help from the county for the first you know mm-hmm. i'm still getting help and i right. and i just and you deserve it <clears throat> there's some people out there that i think right. really milk the system and yeah. that's a whole nother conversation right that's and, and a whole nother episode we don't have time for that no 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 but yeah but i hear all these people you know when i came back and and people you know oh we don't we need this we need we need this for free we need that for free you know why these other countries quote get things for free because mm. they're taxed like 40 percent 30 40 percent free right? health care yeah right. that's because and, almost half their paycheck is taken <laughs> and not only that but you do realize when you have governments like this you lose a lot of your freedoms mm. in poland for instance mm-hmm. all the news like all the news coverage is uh is controlled by the government wow so um and people say, oh, that happens here. No, it doesn't. Not on that level. Right. We've got so many news outlets and we've got access to everything that we can find out whatever we need to find out. Sure. Um, perfect example. I came back. I was here for three days. I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. I got approved for a car to get a loan for a car <laughs> I, with no job. Right. Bump, bump, bump. No money. Uh-huh. No money. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, but... I I uh, got approved for social programs, mm-hmm. and I was able to get the ball rolling to, uh, and I got a job within three days of being here, and I was able to get the job or the ball rolling to make things better for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could have never done that in somewhere like Poland. Right. I could have never went and got approved for a car. Mm-hmm. I could have never went and got approved for a credit card. Mm-hmm. Things like that, mm-hmm. and. These are things that people don't think about when they talk about moving to another country. Or we want this, or we want more. We want, man, we're in America. We're this the greatest goddamn country in the world. Yeah. We get everything we could ever want. We have access to things you can't even imagine mm-hmm. and things that we take for granted. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, and just the people are better, people are friendlier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had so much support from so many random Mm-hmm. People, yeah, and from strangers mm-hmm. and like park moms, yeah, you know, people I didn't even know their names because mm-hmm. when I was when I came back, I was so starved for that human connection. I was talking to anybody and, any, and everyone right. that hi. would talk to me. Hi, hi, hi. When you hear my story, I'll tell you everything. <laughs> you know, I just needed that human connection. Yeah. Um, and so I had so much support, and. The smallest amount of support was what I didn't have in Poland. Mm -hmm. Because that's a cultural thing, too. And so, this is, yeah, you cannot tell me this is the greatest country in the world. I agree. I agree. I love this. (laughs) I love this country. (laughs) We love being American. Yeehaw. Um, I fought to make sure my kid was American. Absolutely. And to make sure that he was 
raised here where he has just more opportunities. Yeah. And also, you know, she mentioned being in the military. So Autumn, thank you for your service to our beautiful country as a Marine. I love Marines. Me too. And, and, and Navy and everybody else. Um, so if you could give some last words of advice on anything, life, happiness, whatever's on your heart, what would you say? I would say, you know, whatever, whatever situation you find yourself in, it's not always so easy just to get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think the biggest thing is you need to recognize, like really recognize what you're dealing with mm -hmm. and try to make a plan to take the next steps that will benefit you mm -hmm. in whatever situation you're in. Because, you know, if you're in, let's say, an abusive situation yeah. where you've got a child or children and mm -hmm. you're in a marriage and you've got all these things, it's not so easy just to get up and walk away. Right, because it's not just you. Well, and not only that, but you're financially tied in, you're emotionally mm -hmm. tied in. And mm -hmm. you've got to think about the kids. I mean, mm -hmm. it, is the abuse the same for you as it is for the kids? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that you should raise your children in an abusive situation or anything like that, but there's so many different factors to consider. Mm -hmm. But I say if somebody offers you help or if there are resources out there, take it. Mm -hmm. Start making a plan on how to navigate that next step in your life. Whatever the whatever trials you're going through, it doesn't matter if you're by yourself or, or with people, it, you mm -hmm. know, whatever the case is. Just take the next steps to make a better you. Yeah. Right? You don't have to solve things overnight. Right. You, right. And you know what? And plans don't always work the, thing, the way you think they're going to work. Mm -hmm. But you know, set little goals and try to get them, try to get to them in the best possible way you can. And mm -hmm. if there are children involved, and if there are um, more people involved... Right. Then just try to ultimately try to look at the bigger picture and see, you know, is this what's best for my kid? Am I going to be a better parent if I walk away? Mm. Am I going to be a better parent if I walk away from my kid and my spouse? Mm. And these are things you really need to consider. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that, you know, have decided they are not the greatest mom or dad sure. and you know neither parent and they give it to their grandparents or they put them up for adoption or whatever and that's huge mm -hmm. that's huge so i think you really you really have to look at the bigger picture and see what is the next step i can take to make a, a better path for my life it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be the step that you're going to take for the whole big picture. Right. But I think you have to take these little steps mm -hmm. to get to the next. I mean, you have to take these smaller steps to get to the next step in order to get to the to the big idea that you're hoping for. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. Because whether it's a, you're in a bad financial situation, you're in a bad mental state, you're in a bad relationship, you're mm -hmm. in a bad uh, living situation, whatever the right. case is, you, you have to take these smaller steps to get there. Mm -hmm. And then, and another very important thing to remember is that, you know, two steps forward, one step back. It doesn't matter. You're going to make mistakes along the way, but don't let that set you back as a whole. Yeah. Just right. pick yourself up and move on to the next step. Sure. Because nobody can take away those positive things that you've done. Right, the progress that you've the already made. The progress that you've made, mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. And so you really need to 
And I know it's hard when you're in a situation like that, but you've got to try to focus on the positive. Right. You know, get up and brush your teeth. You don't have to do anything else, just brush your teeth. Mine yeah. is I have to make my bed in the morning. See? <laughs> so you got to make your bed. Make that bed. Mm-hmm. And but... open all the blinds and step outside and enjoy the beautiful sunshine. Right. I mean, you just got to take those small steps, whether it's postpartum, whether it's whatever the case is. And it's the little things. Because when you look back, when you be, when you get into a better situation, and you will. Right. But when you look back, you can say, you know, this is what helped me more than anything. Mm-hmm. This is what helped mm-hmm. guide me onto that path. Sure, I made mistakes along the way. But this one consistent thing, mm-hmm. you know, this brushing my teeth, making my bed, meditation, running, whatever the case is, yep. you know, I think you need to have that one thing you can focus on. Yeah. So that's my, that's my only five. <laughs> oh, yay! Thank you so much yeah. for being my very first guest. I'm excited. I am so happy <laughs> that I am moving in this new path of Sunshine Soul because the first 22 episodes were me, myself, and I, which is crazy because I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think I was going to get past one. <laughs> and then I like started going through the list and I was like, oh wow, there's a lot of episodes and and so now here I am with my first guest, Autumn. So thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Bye.